I am unashamed. What about you? So, uh, Jace, I went to, um, I was up in Amish country in Ohio last week. Went up and uh, did a marriage event. I met a lot of people. Uh, you in Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. And I was about 30 minutes from where you were last year. So I met a lot of the same people that were at your event, which is really interesting. They were, yeah, we saw your brother Jace, you know, when he was up here last year. But they were really great folks. I mean, just, I, I love it every time I go in those areas because just salt of the earth. And then there's something about it to me. It's just, I guess it's because it's, you know, we're so used to just being in one spot. But when you go there, you know, cars are driving around. But then you look up and here comes a horse and buggy, you know, with some folks coming, you know, from wherever they're coming from. That's but it just, that's a, a that's a very good thing. Yeah. I mean, I told them, I said, you know, we, we, we've said that, and all of us have spoken in different, you know, Amish uh, country, I guess, around our, our country. And we've all said we have a, a very healthy respect for, you know, hard work and sort of trying to escape our bad culture. And, you know, so I know people like a lot, most people I was speaking to weren't Amish, but they had either been raised that way or had family members. And so, you know, it was a little bit different. So we don't know a lot about it, but we know we respect people that work hard and, you know, love. Well, God. they work. I, you know, look. Even at the end of First Corinthians 16 here, when he finished his writing, he in 23, he's like, the grace of our of the Lord Jesus be with you. I mean, I did focus on grace because I like the hard work, but I think it, you know, that Ephesians 2 is a good guide. You know, it is by grace that we've been saved, and but God created work for us to do before time even began. Yeah. But... It is grace motivated. And it so is. I, I stress that, but right. since they talk favorably about our encounter, you know, no, yeah, they were positive. And um, I want to thank Tyler. I know he listens for inviting me up. And we talked about marriage, and um, you know, Lisa and I shared our story and just ways to have a stronger marriage. So hopefully, it did some good. Uh, I always enjoy getting to meet folks. And Dad was talking about people because you're more here, Dad. So a lot of people come to you from around the country and to talk to you That's correct. and to listen. <laughs> Jason and I are still a little more mobile. Um, and so I get a chance to go to them uh, a lot more, which is always a blessing. I think just to get that. Mobile. Idea. I'm like, <laughs> well, you... I have flown more in the last three weeks than, I mean, imagine I've been just to several. Well, I, I've targeted April 18th. I, although I shouldn't get my hopes up. I, I mean, I should have learned by now when you, you're hoping the government will come through for you. They're probably going to dash your hopes. But they've said they're going to revisit all this mass stuff on the planes and transportation on April the 18th. So we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm hoping that the last trip I just took, because I don't fly for a little bit, is going to be the last time I have to wear a mask on an airplane. That's my hope going, you know, that they're going to finally drop that. Because it doesn't make any sense to me. Even the airline CEOs have said, Look, this is the safest place you can be. We're we're recirculating air like you wouldn't believe. I mean, plus we hose the thing down every time somebody gets off with all this super stuff to kill everything. You know, any kind of any. And if you make it your ambition to live a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands, doing something that's good, and and so that you won't be dependent on anybody. I just never saw the worth of a ring, a watch, a computer. I said, no, not needed. I don't look at that as radical. So when I got up, I look at that as just say, 
let's say so you never purchased a suit I, I don't have a need for one so when I got up to or speak, ring or a wall yeah, when I got up to speak I said I don't I don't I'm not Amish and don't have an Amish background but I have a dad who has Amish tendencies. <laughs> that was my that was my opening line. Well, it's a good line. Yeah, Phil, he doesn't like lawnmowers either. No, and uh, but he likes tractors. Yeah. So Phil, you could yeah. you could be an Amish type. You know. That's what I'm saying. You, I've always. I didn't. I, I spent some time with him up in uh, Indiana, Shipshawana, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. I mean, look, and I saw uh, him and, I, and I, we, I talked to him, and uh, th- they were like. You 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 think a lot like yeah you. they like you. I'm just you got saying, a horse and a buggy and a haircut that was intentional and a hat. I think you'd be. Yeah, I'm not far from there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm close. You don't, you don't like the haircut. <laughs> no scissors. Towards. I'm like you. You'd have uh, to cut that I'm mustache. Like you, a, out too. a little more infused, a little more grace in there. Yep, yep. You know you don't don't you don't want to get rule oriented at all. Yeah, with any any. You're missing the point. Yep. I mean, that's why the Apostle Paul said, make it your ambition, yeah. quiet life, you know, mind your own business, work hard with your hand. You won't have to be dependent on anybody. Right. I mean, it's a good code to live by. Unfortunately, uh, many have not even, they, they would think that is being odd. Right. It, it's not odd at all. Well, and we've talked, opinion. we've talked a ton on the podcast about, and Jay's really has gone into it in a good way about our kids, especially about how that technology and social media and so many things that are out there have been such a negative to our kids and our grandkids in our case, dad, that it's, I mean, it's a bone to be chewed in yeah. terms of the evil one has used that a lot. So, I mean, less of that is actually better. Well, to my knowledge, the wrote, only place in the new, <clears throat> the only place in the new Testament that says anything about a rule is in Galatians after this withering barrage of, don't ever try to add some physical rule to salvation. I mean, he he just he was real plain in the first chapter. You don't want that. You 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 know you're in danger of being in eternally condemned. Not in danger. It he opens just, up. He a, just said, it, "Don't preach another yeah. gospel. Don't add some mm-hmm. physical national it's, entry it's point. It's detrimental to circumcision. The grace of God. It does you no good. So there, here was the way James put it. Because I was thinking about another one. James puts it this way in James two eight: If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, of course, he was mostly yep. speaking to a Jewish audience. The royal law: love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing right. Yeah. So. He did what Jesus did. He kind of summed it all up. Said, "You want to, you want to keep the law? Do this. Love your neighbors yourself. Uh, if you love your neighbor, you won't mess with his woman. If you love your neighbor, you won't lie to him. If you love your neighbor, you certainly won't steal from him because it's his stuff, not yours. Right. That's a powerful thing. And then later, therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And later, he says in that same context, you won't show favoritism." towards one another. That's right. If you love one another, which by the way, that takes out all this current stuff about inherent racism and yeah, what color you are. This. Oh, forget all that. I mean, really the mathematics of it all is two laws plus one rule equals Jesus. Cause you got two laws, two laws, yep. love the Lord, you God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is a relationship oriented law. Then love your neighbor as yourself. Another relationship-oriented law that on how you deal with your fellow man. Mm-hmm. 
the one rule only boasts in the cross of Jesus. Well, all three of those things, you can't obtain them you without you, without you Jesus on a cross and a resurrection. Right, exactly. You you can't earn it. It's you can't earn it. It can't be earned. That's why I like there. You know, when when First Corinthians sixteen closed, even though it seems like it's just some greetings and some paperwork on making this official. There's some really the things he said, which, which I think helps us understand second Corinthians. Cause one, I think of note after all this withering barrage about the role of men and women in the church and where a lot of people in our society concluded <clears throat> that Paul was demeaning a women. He brings up this verse 19 that you remember who started this church? It was a couple, Aquila and Priscilla. That's right. <clears throat> it, Fellow it, tent makers. If you don't think that there was something going, a special circumstance going on in the history, which is so, I'm so glad we had our guest come in in the middle of the church at Corinth on what was going on, yeah. uh, bowls. And explaining the situation where people weren't embracing the way God made them with the plan he had through the gospel to represent Jesus. I mean, this church was started by this couple, and they and it says, and so does the church that meets at their house. And then he says, and I love this in verse 22. I mean, this is a profound statement. It says, if anyone does not love the Lord... A curse be on him. Mm. Now that that's a profound statement. I, I think it one, it makes you ask, "Do you love the Lord?" It's a good question when we speak. Do you love Him? Because if you don't, according to this, a curse be on him. Yep. And you say, "Well, what, what does that mean?" No matter what you do, if you remove Jesus and His grace and what He did on the cross and the resurrection. No matter what you do, it's not going to end well, which is the which is the definition of a curse. That's right. It's like when they had curses in the Old Testament where they cursed the ground, remember? And they would plant, and it wouldn't come up because the ground was cursed. No matter what you you work hard, you can really plow the soil, and you can get the best seed, but if the ground's cursed, guess what? It ain't coming up. It's the same principle in life when you try. That's why every road without Jesus is a dead end. Yep. It's a cursed life. Yep. Whether you agree to it or not, just look up, tell me how it works out. That's right. It's not going to work. It's I, pretty I, evident. I think it's a profound verse. But he also, then he says the grace. And it's of, not like, Jace, he's describing it. Not He's not like it's, if you don't love the Lord, I'm putting a curse on you. It's not like that. He's just describing how it's going to be, right? I mean, yeah, he's yeah. not. He's not trying. He's to not trying to curse him. you himself. He's not get up and say you're under a curse like we think. Right. He's just like you, you don't that love life, the Lord. You don't love the Lord. Guess cursed. what? It's not going to work for you. This is accurate. That's why he inserted that the grace of the Lord after he said about the curse, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Yeah. Don't don't mess that up. And then he creatively ended his letter with Jesus, which I think is a noble point. Yep. We, we talked in the. I love to all of you in Christ Jesus. I mean, look, if you don't, I know I've said this numerous times throughout this venture in the first Corinthians, but just look in the last paragraph. He said, greet 
Aquila and Priscilla warmly in the Lord. He had just said in in uh, seven that we read last time, if the Lord permits, we're doing the work of the Lord in verse 10. In verse 22, if anyone does not love the Lord, verse 23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And my point is, over and over and over, he brings up that Jesus is Lord. Well, he's also Savior. So when you say, what does that mean? Well, when he's Savior, he takes care of everything you, you did. Yeah. He, he has saved you. But when you look at him as Lord, well, that is now on what he's going to do through you moving forward. Because once you surrender to him, that's why when you get verses like 1 Peter 3.15, it says, in, Peter said, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Then what, what came next? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Because when he's Lord, you're now working for the Lord because he has saved you. Right. But it's hard to do because you have to relinquish on a daily basis what you would like to do or what makes you happy or whatever it is that you want to do, but you're, you're no longer in control of your life. You're, you have given yourself over to the Lord. You are dependent on him right. to work in you and, and through and, you. And that's where blessings come from. Let's take a break. So I've been watching basketball a lot days here recently, and I've noticed that they've got a lot of these commercials about baldness. This probably relates back to Charles Barkley and some of the famous bald people. And what's weird is you have players that are either bald or really hairy. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, most people aren't crazy about going bald. I mean, some people try to make it a look, but most people are like, man, you know, I'd just soon keep my hair if I could. So one of our longtime sponsors is a company that can help you do that. It's called Keeps to help you keep your hair. Uh, they have research-backed treatments to stop hair loss and improve hair growth. They've got Physicians that help you select the right products and treatments for your specific condition. And they're about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. So we want you to check these guys out. Uh, it does prevent hair loss and stimulate hair growth. And so these guys are who you want to check with as soon as possible. Hair loss stops with Keeps. To get 50% off your first order, go to Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. That's Keeps dot com slash door. I want to mention one more thing before we move on to 2 Corinthians. It was in verse 10 where it, where Paul says, if Timothy comes, which so is unsure whether he was going to come or not, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord, just as I am. I thought that was a weird way to frame that. But then I think about a lot of times when I see young guys, you know, go into ministry and you know, they really want to serve the church and serve people and, and lead people to Jesus and how a lot of times churches are really, are really hard on them and, and put them in a state of fear. And I, and I thought, I thought about this text. Cause I mean, at one time I was a young guy, you shouldn't, your people, your leadership shouldn't be fearful of you. I mean, you, you should try to help those young. I mean, I try to be encouraging, especially to people who are saying, I want to give my life to serving other people and helping them. I mean, you know, I just think it's a good challenge for people out there. If you're in a church somewhere, you know, these young leaders coming up, they shouldn't be in fear of you. Uh, that's that a strange good, way to put it. <clears throat> a good policy is uh, what uh, the old coach for 
the what's uh, what's the old coat, the old that what's his name was with the old, the old coach, the old quarterback. Do your job. What who was? <coughs> Just know. do your job. <laughs> I don't know. I, re- I remember Brady, saying that Brady, on the, uh, I remember saying that on numerous occasions. But are you I, talking about Belichick? Yeah. Old Bill Belichick. Do your job. Do your job. Mm -hmm. No, and that's right. I mean, uh, it's it really is. We talked about a lot in the in the book about the idea of work, especially in this last chapter, and that's what he's saying. Because of the resurrection, because of love, we work. Yeah, that's what we do, whether you're paid or not. So so there's a shift, Jay's, that happens in the letters because one is you know, obviously some time has passed in between the two letters. I don't know, you know, part of it, he was dealing with all these issues in the first letter. He does a little bit in the second, but really it's much more just a, we're on board, let's go. I mean, that's what he gets into more in this, in the book of Second Corinthians. Well, and, I think it speaks to you have problems, mistakes were made, and we've and, now and got addressed. our, yeah, we've got our focus back on Jesus. Now, now let's get to work. And it seems this letter is way more like that. Right. Here's, this is who you are and this is how God is working in you. It's not about you yourselves. I mean, I mentioned this last podcast, but he starts getting into all these troubles and hardships that were happening, which is so strange. He, he never preached a message of like, look, all your problems are going to go away. You're going to feel great. No, he starts talking about we've endured hardships. There's people threatening our lives. We're under great pressure. He says that in the second part of eight. And in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. I mean, he's like, we're literally, we're dead men walking. They're, they're going to kill us for this ministry and work in, in the Lord Jesus. I mean, and sometimes I kind of feel like even in our society now that we're going to get to a point where that's going to be a problem. Right. All then, the way but, all the way to the chopping block. But then he makes this profound statement which goes into kind of what the theme of what we're talking about when he said he is uh but this happened in verse nine that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises us from the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. So, I mean, it's the same message, without, but, but, but it's not without suffering and, and persecution, which is the number one reason that people don't want to do it. But it comes in response to all this about comfort, but it's very uncomfortable to be bold for Jesus. That's the point I was fixing to make. One, yeah. one comfort, comfort two, three, Oh, Four, it's, five, six. I've heard you do this before. Seven times. It's in the first paragraph. In, in five verses. Yeah. Which makes you realize what is the definition of, of comfort because they're, the next paragraph, they're, they're living This is one of the most uncomfortable lifestyles you could dream up. This and he is, turns it around. This is, it? this is the hard way. But his point is that it, uh, all life is hard and difficult. If you don't have a God who can bring comfort to you, look, this passage, I, I give this passage to more people than probably anyone I give one, three through 11 uh, when they're going through a really hard time and they're trying to, and they're trying to assess how do I deal with this tough situation? Because he's saying 
you look, you have a father who loves you and he's about helping you, but not like you said, not to be comfortable, but to be, to understand his comfort in the worst of times. Yep. And Paul's whole life was like this. You know, when he, where is it where he describes all the different things he went through? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he goes through the whole list of all, I went through this, I went through that, I went through this, they beat me, they, you know, I almost died. We haven't entered the zone he was in yet. No. Oh. And so when he writes something like this about this comfort that comes from God, I mean, you know, when I used to do a lot more funerals when I was doing full-time work, Smith told me something profound early on. Because I was like, you know, when you're approaching a funeral, remember when you got asked to speak at, you know, Big Al's funeral, yep. you're you're not exactly sure how to approach it. Because, you know, but he told me, he said, your number one job is to provide comfort to people there that have lost somebody they love. But what is the definition of comfort? You have to go back to what Jesus did on a cross and the resurrection. That's the ultimate comfort. Exactly, which is where you go because he said your second job is to make sure everybody understands how powerful Jesus is. Whether the person that's in the casket believed him or not, you're speaking to the living. And so, but I always thought that it was a two pronged approach for me comfort for loss because guys have got a comfort, but also focus on Jesus because he's the only way we get out of the planet alive. Well, it's right? the only way to build back a relationship is through forgiveness. And where does ultimately forgiveness come from? It's going to take you back to the cross. Always. And the only way to provide comfort when it comes to a relationship that's ended in death. Right. Because you think, what what ends relationships? A lack of forgiveness. Yep. Because you can't start over if you don't forgive. And death. I mean, I'm not sure there's anything else. Mm. Is it? No. Have we discovered a truth of life here? <laughs> sometimes, so. sometimes we stagger into one. Yeah. But, but look, Jay's look at verse four, who comforts us in all our troubles, God, so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comforts we ourselves have received from God. We talked about this in the last podcast. People who have been delivered from something are typically the ones that are out there on their knees helping somebody once they realize that. And I can't tell you how many people have that gift in the church. I see it all the time. They're like, they got through cancer or whatever. So they're the first ones to call this brother who just found out you know, he's got a lump and or this sister. What are we going to do? I mean, depend on God because he, you know, he is the God of all comfort. And whether you live or die in this life, if you're right with Jesus, you're going to a place where there is no cancer. There is no time all the stuff we talked about you know yeah. last podcast so no that verse you were referring to is later on we'll get to second corinthians 11 i thought it was in second because they were boasting he said in a worldly way yeah because he, he sets up this precedent which is something that we're going to get into as as we go into second corinthians and the precedent is found in verse 12 in the second part when he says we have done so not according to worldly wisdom but according to god's grace that that's going to be the especially it, it, you know when i went to greece i just noticed there was this strong nationalistic view of of the world with all the gods and all the power and all, and it was all based on worldly wisdom. You had all these philosophers and all these people came. And it's always been there more noticeable than it is here. But it's the same thing here. 
it, it all comes down to the difference in God, in worldly wisdom. Yep. Are you going to go with that? Let's get the smartest people we know, smartest universities, and figure out the meaning of life, or are you just going to go with God's grace? Because God's grace is going to lead you to Jesus and the gospel and the whole plan of God and why this Bible makes sense. Hang on, Jess. Let's take a break for everything. So one of our newer sponsors that I wish I had known about a couple of years ago is a company called Z-Stack. And especially during this time of the pandemic, their whole system is built on helping boost your immune system, which is what we really need. When you talk, start talking about viruses, you know, pandemics, and not just COVID, I mean, really any virus, you need to have a very strong immune system. And Z-Stack is specially formulated immune-boosting supplement. It includes zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, vitamin D, all very good, scientifically done to be able to help you face whatever viruses are coming down the pike. And who knows uh, how many more be coming. So by taking Z-Stack daily, you're supercharging your immune system. And so I love it. I take it every day. Uh, ZStackLife.com slash unashamed. That's, what you, that's where you go to get it. Enter the promo code unashamed. You're going to get a discount on your first order. So that's the letter Z, stacklife.com slash unashamed, and use the promo code unashamed to build up your immune system. So, so when if he lasts. Allegiance, if your allegiance uh, leads you all the way to Charles Darwin. Yeah, where, well, where, exactly. Where, where where, he, he's standing on, here's what I think, and uh, salt water is king. Yeah, which leads and you they to... they bow down to salt water making all life. You're like, boy, worldly wisdom, that's, that's worldly w- wisdom gone amok. But what's crazy is this worldly wisdom that you're talking about, they're all in search of what makes you happy. And in a weird contrast, even though joy is mentioned, which joy is different than happiness, it's, it's more of you can find joy in suffering and pain in Christ. There's an inner joy and peace that comes that's different. Right. And he, he describes that in that passage you mentioned because he said you're putting up with all this worldly wisdom and he said, you're boasting about things that the world boasts about. And he's like, so allow me to boast, <laughs> which is, it. this is a real ironic passage. Because then he's like a champion for the grace of God. He's already discussed the power of the resurrection. We win. There, you can't kill us. We have all the answers to life in Jesus. And then he's like, well, let me boast a little bit. I have been... This is uh, 23 of 11, but he's like, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. That's 39 now, if you're counting. <laughs> and look, that, that, these, these whips they had, I mean, it's, it's oh, these it leather strands with bone and glass on the end of them. I mean, can you imagine what his back looked like? Oh, it was just, it just and how many just times did it happen to him? Five times. Five times. It was beat him. Yeah. 
That's what's a, that? One hundred ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's a, and he starts yeah. out speaking of comfort, the last well, thing his life. Well, then he says, "Look, three times I was beaten with rods. I don't even know what that means. Once I was stoned. I mean, to live and tell about that, people throwing rocks at you." And uh, I'm sure he had till, sat in on one of those deals with Stephen when yeah, he was most stoned. people but that get till stoned he collapsed. Died. Yeah, I mean they probably you know they he thought collapsed he was dead. and thought he was dead. Three times I was shipwrecked. I mean I've been shipwrecked a couple times, but you know it was a little boat. But have <laughs> uh, been boat <laughs> had a wreck. But this I spent was a night for himself uh, shipwrecked here. Yeah, I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers. I mean, he just went on a rant here. Danger from bandits, danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I have labored and told and often gone without sleep. This is sounding like the last couple of weeks of my life. I was going to say, Jase, you might boast a little about that. I've known hunger and thirst. I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And then this is where it's almost, I mean, it's not comical, but he's like, besides all this, <laughs> I have to I have to face daily the pressure of all the churches. That's right. So who is weak? And I don't feel a little weak. Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn if i must boast i will boast of the things that show my weakness the god and father of the lord jesus who is to be praised forever knows that i'm not lying yeah i think he wrote all that so everyone would know when they say boy i am really suffering here and there's a lot of trouble he said you are let me let me tell you something about what's going on with me and when he got done with this with this account he's like is that is, are you worse off than this right here? Right. He's well, just showing them. Look, you, you you think life's hard. Let me let me let me give you a little bit of what my life is. Well, really it's hard. all about because you got to remember a lot of people have come to you through your tenure as a preacher. Al, you and Jay's both. They come to you, and I call it the hand ringers. They 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 they've got big problems. Oh yeah, fretting stacked up with this. On what real problems well, he are? He got this from sharing Jesus. Huh? This is all from a lifestyle of sharing yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's not like he made a bunch of bad decisions. He was doing. He what did was right. in his former Christian life, but all these problems came on from following Jesus and yep. declaring Him as Lord. Which is, I think, people get the wrong idea. You know, from verses like you know when Jesus said, "Come to me, all you who are weary, and you know, and I'll give you rest." And look there. That there's an inner peace that comes, and it is not about you any longer. But nowhere in the New Testament does it say, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're fixed to be problem and worry free. Yeah, it's way harder to live a life after Jesus than it is to have worldly wisdom and sit around and eat, drink, and be merry because you know you only live once. Yep. I mean, the difference here is you only die once. Over so you might as well make it worth it for yeah. Jesus. Right. Over and over, when I did all the interviews that surrounded the introduction of this last book I wrote, Uncanceled, everybody just about to the person, the interviewers, said, said so now you're going to pay them back 
via this book. You're going to you're going to punish them for what they did to you. For people that tried to cancel you. Tried to cancel you. So so it's time now for payback, right? I said, no. I said, no. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, James said, who are you to judge your neighbor? Just forgive him and move on. Yep. Forgive him and move on. And, and interviewer after interviewer was stunned when they said, so you're not going to pay him back. I said, I don't pay him back. My job is to point him to Jesus and continue on. It's just a bump in the road. Okay, they tried to cancel us. I said, you ever read what happened to, to the Apostle Paul? Did they try to cancel him? <clears throat> and then the ways they tried it, you're like, man, I have nothing to say. Boy, I've got it rough. Not compared to what he went through. I do find it interesting, Jason, you mentioned this, that he, after all the stuff he listed, which we all just, and like you said, you almost start chuckling because it's so crazy all the stuff that happened to him. He says, and on top of all that, I have to worry about you. Yeah, that's what he's <laughs> saying. I mean, it's like, basically, like, you, you should be the one helping me not have these worries, and here I am well, having these Well, because they're boasting about these worldly philosophies that don't mean a hill of beans. No. Because they're trying to find a place of comfort in life. And the worldly it, philosophies are still here and thriving which That's is, why I brought up the, the closing comments in 1 Corinthians. If you don't love the Lord, you're just going to be cursed. You can pursue happiness, yeah. and you can have a few good times in life, but it, it's all going to come to where it ends in whatever venture you're at. And without Jesus, it's just not a place to where you can have meaningful, lasting relationships. That's all right. of these philosophers. Hang on, Dan. Let's take a break. For 200 years, all this stuff about salt water made us and all this stuff they come up with, most of them are dead now. Yep. Most of them have died, all the ones, you know, for 200 years. You say, death comes to all of them, then what? No hope, none. Right. I wonder, I wonder how comfortable their life is without God, without hope. Well, it's it's... It's very sad, and we talked about that before. It, it usually are these people like, oh, we we, we well. It, I think we should read the text because you know, verse three says praise because it says what you just got through right. saying, but it's praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. I mean, that's encouraging. Just yep. reading it, right? Who comforts us in all our troubles? He didn't say he's going to take the trouble away. Nope. He didn't say that because if you. Go public for Jesus. Trouble is coming. You're have you're gonna have trouble. Uh yeah. When you deal with the sin and baggage in your life, <sighs> trouble is coming. It's bumpy. Mm -hmm. It's it's troubling. Then it says, uh, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So we're paying it forward. So not only though are you, is it hard and all this, now he's saying you're gonna provide comfort because of God's comfort to someone else, which is so hard to wrap your head around because most people want to say, well, what about me? Why is this happening to me? I mean, yeah. if God loved me, I mean, to, uh, and to then, then not only that, you've got to go help someone else despite your life not being in order. Right? Yeah, and that's why in five, for just as the sufferings of Christ, watch, flow over into our lives, you're like, 
If you want to be like Jesus, <laughs> guess what? Some You're fixed There's to a suffer. flow coming. You say it's going to flow. Suffering's going to flow right in your lap. But then it says, so also through Christ, our comfort overflows. If we're distressed, it is for your comfort, which is just living that out is, is difficult. You being distressed for someone else's comfort and salvation is, is a hard thing thing to get in the habit of doing in life yep if we are comforted is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer that's big and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering so also you share in our comfort i mean it's a strange way you don't find this in worldly wisdom. No. Nope. You don't find this kind of talk. Nope. We're well, like, take the pain away. What you this, find is hatred and revenge and payback and cancel. That's what you find. So we can all be happy. Get them back. And have because, no struggles and have no pain. Because let's not, face it, the most, most people for human wisdom want to be comfortable. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to have to work hard. I mean, all the things that happen that challenges people are like, no, I don't want that. And what he says here in this text is just the opposite. He said, look, it's a difficulty is going to come your way. What you want to do is understand that God is enough. Yeah. He's enough. And so that's why my saying is I always tell people you can never pay anything back. You can only pay things forward ultimately. Yep. And well, that, that's why, look, we shared about us taking in this baby at, you know, two days old. And look, that has been a lot of these stressful, anxious, <laughs> tiresome. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, you, you start noticing things that foolish people say when they say, oh, you know, last night I slept like a baby. Well, from my experience, <laughs> that's not good. that baby's not sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, what you should say is I I slept like an adult with no baby. Now, that's sleep. That's right. yeah. <laughs> but but it, it, it's just been a very tough venture, I mean, for a lot of variety of reasons. But what I was going to say, the By reason the way, I brought it up, matter, there's, there's a lot of people that have provided us a lot of comfort, but you didn't notice it at the time. But they just came over and they provided comfort. And after I looked back on it, I thought, that, that this has been a tough situation, but the people of the Lord have provided comfort in a tough situation. So what's the what's the end view of this with this child? I mean, one, Phil, there is end? no end. It's a one day at a time. Uh, you know, it's just a complicated thing. But it's it, it's kind of like. Uh, but that's that, part that, of what gets you through that declaration of as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's like. I don't know because you can't you can't look at the end game. It, it's more of because you don't know. There's too many unknowns going with yeah, the situation. Right. But it's like you have an opportunity to to view God as the author of life here, and to view the innocence of life when we're all born. And you feel like you want to make this baby as safe and secure as possible. Because Is the mother I, still in prison or out of prison? She's in. She's in prison. So, and we're not sure for how long. And so, I, I, that's why I'm saying that's unknown. I mean, they say, "Oh, we'll know at this date." Then that date comes and goes, and who knows in the legal. But that's system. a perfect illustration of this. His whole point here is because when you're in a season of discomfort, yep, and you don't know when it's going to end because there's too many variables, and we all go through those seasons. 
ultimately, you trust in God that you're doing the right thing to bless someone's life. Boy, I mean, this yeah. text stand, this text here stands out when you start to say, "Yeah." Well, there's it, it, some suffering that you go oh, through yeah. physically and uh, just relationally, because it's not like we don't have some stuff going on here. Right. And then you interject that, and you get everyone involved without much sleep, and it, you know, it, it becomes difficult. And uh, but the rewards of it are it does give you a picture of God as the author of life. It does give you a classic example of what it means to be born again, just even seeing a, a newborn baby. Cause you have the same feelings. Like when all my kids were born and I saw them, there was always a process that you go through that draws you to God. It's just the, I mean, the mother can't, can't look after the child because the mother is behind bars. So, right. so but, you you, know, but we don't really know what's going to happen. And nobody does. Let's, let's take our last so. break. Yeah, I mean, we just, we're basically like foster parents until further notice. I mean, yeah. and which is not an easy thing to agree to because you get attached very easily. It's the nature of, of right. human beings. Who came up with the. Uh, uh, did the mother or did the authorities say, you keep the baby? The mom. You keep the human being. The mom, because we had, we had led her to the Lord years ago. Which, by the way, shows you why when you live, when you live an example for Christ, we talked about this in the last podcast, Jess, you were talking about speaking truth into a situation with the young man you talked to. It's, and I get emails all the time. You know, I, I work with a rough group of people, but I want to show Jesus to them you know, what can I do more? And they hear us talking, they think, you know, I want to be able to tell them all these things, but you know, they they don't seem to want to listen. If you live the example of Jesus and are ready to accept whatever he has to send your way, you will make an impact because you, because Missy, especially in this situation lived a certain way. She had an impact on somebody that later would call upon her mm-hmm. for something good. And that's why I'm saying none of these things, they're all related to each other. The more you live the life for him, the more you're in a position to provide comfort for someone else. I mean, that's the whole point of that text. He says, so that you may comfort others as you run into them along life's way. So you have grandkids that are in college now, graduated from college and have businesses and all that. But then all of a sudden, uh, the the care for children is starting all over again. It may come back to you. That's exactly right. Here comes a baby in your lap. That's exactly right. It happens. You know, and it's funny, Jay, I always laugh when I hear people talk, young couples a lot of times, they'll they'll read a book about planning and we're going to plan out exactly when we're going to have our kids. And they think by proper planning, you can avoid any difficulty. And I always just chuckle because I think, nope. (laughs) You know, when you have a kid or have your family or go through some different season in your life, it's going to be difficult. Troubles are on the way. Yep. And it's it's just part of the process. That's why he's addressing it. I mean, and you're not the the key thing is where are you gonna find this comfort in the world? How how are you gonna find it? Mm. Oh it, it's not there, it's not there. It's not there. People try, you know, and, and and they try to form a support group or there's different ways they try to support each other through difficulty, which I appreciate. But ultimately, without faith, it becomes very hard to walk with somebody through a difficult time because if you don't have something to offer greater. It could be as simple as God looked down and said, hmm, I want this one. 
because he knows the end from the beginning. He said, right. this one, he could be saying to Jace and Missy, this one, give you the, to give this one life. Well, that's right. And, and one of the you things. You never know. You look up 25 years later, and he could be the president of the United States. That's true. If whatever. Exactly. Well, we always say that's. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Probably well, that's the wrong I mean, term. look, <laughs> Phil, right. one of my thoughts in the grand to do this was picturing Moses floating down the creek. Yep. At some time. Now, yep. if somebody had been standing on the bank saying, now one day, that's my, that guy there that's my point. is going to liberate li- liberate this nation. <laughs> his, his and he's a little baby in the reeds over there. Like Jay says, it's, it's a, lot, a lot of it in common there. That's what I mean. I mean, I'm very familiar with that story. And when I looked at the situation, I was like, oh, I mean, I, I wasn't, I'm old enough to realize this was going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. This is a difficult venture we're agreeing to. But I think once we made it a spiritual decision, then you just, it becomes the new normal. We're going to do this for the Lord and, and a love of people. And you know God's going to see you through. That's the point, which is Paul's point. But I have appreciated the encourage. I mean, people have been real creative in their encouragement and and comfort. I mean, that that that's why I brought it up because I, I didn't think that. You that mean was the brothers did? The brothers oh, did. Oh, there's been. I've had more people do more, you know, yeah. godly, nice things in a comforting way than yeah. in, than ever imaginable. So I mean, I mean, it's just it's been a real encouragement. Yeah. So. Because people who have been comforted by God tend to want to comfort other people. I mean, again, it's back to the context. I would say that. in today's culture, if you did a, there wouldn't be that many standing in line if you said. How about taking care of these children? Well, here? yeah, not well. I think the difference is because people know, I'm, you know, I'm not doing it for some money, or I'm not doing it for. There's nothing other than a spiritual motivation yeah. and a love for just a kid. I but mean, it reminds me. Of, it reminds me of when Jesus gathered all those little children to Himself. Yep, and said. This is who you need to be looking out for. Yep. And I mean, that says a lot about how he viewed things, yep. you know, and look, he didn't have children, but he was the big brother to the whole world. So he, he got those children and said, look, the least of these are the ones you look out for. Yeah, Jace, you, you are to be you and your woman commended for that. I mean, look, it's deciding it's, it's to take spirit. care of their kids. I mean, I appreciate it, but it is the spirit of the Lord. And like that, Al, I thought of the same thing. I actually thought about that. Uh, which is one of the many reasons I love what they're doing on The Chosen. Mm-hmm. But I love that it's like the second episode or maybe of season two, I can't remember now, but where he has the kids. Yeah, right. And it's just a day with those kids, but it, it's funny, it's interesting, but it's one of those things that was just sobering imagining Jesus like he did numerous times about taking up for kids. He yeah. was like, what are you talking about? Because they're like, oh, get these kids out of here, you know, which was kind of our rule when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clear out. Yeah, clear out. Hey, y'all get out of here. Everybody, people, people run in every direction. So, and, uh, because kids are trouble. <laughs> well, it's just, look, when you see, uh, when you see, like this past event I did, the guy that had sacrificed and, and really was suffering with, working so hard on planning the event, who has a full-time job. Well, when I met his wife, and she was, I forget how many months pregnant, but six or eight, somewhere in there, 
And uh, I said, oh, is this, you know, is this y'all's first kid? Or they're like, no, we got a two, a four, and a six, and one on the way. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I hope you're providing some comfort for her. Because I realized <laughs> he's putting on this whole event, and I'm looking at her like, you have to be exhausted, you know. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> but it's just, it's what you do. When you read something like this, though, it, it does provide you comfort. Yeah. I mean, the first people you want to lead to Christ are your kids. And when you got that many that age, you have become the toughest person on the oh, planet. To work oh, out. So, on that. so I experience in just a little bit of that now with my grandkids. And it's funny because Lisa will get, because she's more concerned about the house and not destroying it. And, you know, she's got other things on her mind. But me, when they're there, when all my grandkids are there and they're loud and they're running around and they make messes, but I just soaked that in because I think, man, what a blessing that I get to be alive mm-hmm. and see my children's children before me. And so I don't know. I, I, I'm much more. Not I, everyone views it that way. Yeah. I know they don't. And, and sometimes I even have to tell Lisa, all right, just. Oh, we had a couple. He's up a little bit. They're we okay. had a couple over not too long ago. And they had, I don't know how many kids it was. It was a bunch. <laughs> and they had also adopted a girl yep. from from a foreign country. Well, then they had also adopted a girl from China who had been abused to a state of where she was a special needs, like really severe. Um, and uh, I just looked. Of course, she couldn't, the, the kid couldn't communicate that I could see because she couldn't talk or anything right. like that. And she couldn't... Uh, use her arms or her her legs in a normal way. I mean, she kind of scooted around, surprisingly. But they all knew how she communicated and through her smiles and all. But I was just looking at this woman thinking, what is your day like? I mean, it was just, but they were all, you know, respectful. And they seemed, I mean, they hung out with us for a couple hours and we just talked about life. And I just thought, they're they're special people on this planet who have an extra measure of God-given comfort no doubt to do things because i thought here i am griping about oh having a newborn i mean when i saw them i thought are you kidding me yeah you and you have a smile on your face and you're telling maybe it was the maybe it was the almighty just showing you it could be worse oh i mean i'm like there there's people on this planet who do stuff like that who who they were humble yeah and you know, I wanted just to write them a check or something. You know, I, I just like, oh my goodness, how do you make it through the day? Because it was just, because they were, she was trying to make sure they didn't spill something. I was like, you know what? Just even if they do, it, I, I don't care. It's just kind of back this. to my point. So yeah. I got a, I got a story I want to tell about that. And I'm gonna save mine for overtime. Uh, an interesting story like that. So I'm surprised we're out of time. We're out of time. So you can go to blazetv.com/unashamed. By the way, if you want to get uh, unashamed overtime, and don't forget to feel substack.com is where you can get some of Dad's info as well. So we'll see you in the overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.